This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for tyre power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Follow us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SEN. We'd love you to. Welcome to episode 14. Uh, find us uh, wherever you get your podcast at Rabbit Hole SEN on our Twitter. <coughs> your local tyre power save on Falcon Wild Peak all terrain tyres by three. Get one free at tyre power. Welcome, Whispers. Well, it's so good to have you here, Gary. Episode 14. So, so, so good to look across the desk and see you here. Well, it's I good thought... to be here. I love doing the podcast with you. I love the rabbit hole. It's, you know, it's something I, I enjoy every week and look forward to, and I'm getting lots of good feedback out in the marketplace. From who? Lots of, di- lots of different <laughs> what people. what names? Lots of different... <laughs> I got Brent. Who's Brent? From Cobram Estate. Oh, your olive oil, mate. Yeah, never misses. In right. fact, yesterday, because today's Thursday, yesterday when we normally put it out, he said, oh, where's the podcast today? I said, well, how can I do it? I'm here. He goes, oh, I'll have to Good point. tomorrow. Yeah. I see you doused yourself in olive oil this morning. <laughs> Some hey. rosemary hanging out your mouth. Where well, were you? Where oh, were you well, if you listen to the radio show that we do, you'll realise I went up to Cobran Estate yesterday mm. um, and had a tour and... I've um, become. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm an official ambassador, mm. but pretty close. <laughs> I'm a. I'm an unpaid ambassador. <laughs> I tell you what, you are. What? You're an olive oil encyclopedia. Having right. spent. What about you? Haven't you become an expert in the space? Well, do you know what happened? Uh, how many hours were you there? Three, uh, two. Got there about eleven. Left about three, so four hours. Your ability to absorb information well, in that the, period of time. Well, has this was the point. The point being mm. that it was you. Not all of it interesting either, by the way. The in you. case you want to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. <again. laughs> well, as as um, there's <laughs> the boys Rob and and Brent and Leandro are yeah. all talking. I'm I'm listening intently because I'm mm. thinking. I know the Wisps going to ask me a hundred questions on this, and if I don't come back with a font of knowledge, then it'll be embarrassing. So I did. I studied it as, mm. and and committed to memory. I know you did. You well, spat ask all, me anything. You spat it all. Ask out. me anything. <laughs> I know everything about olive okay, oil. Okay, what's the difference between cold pressed and virgin olive oil? The temperature, extra virgin, cold pressed is use no heat. In the process, it's just all natural at a certain temperature. Out comes the oil. Okay, how quickly from four hours? I haven't even finished the question yet. (laughs) Four hours. It's pretty amazing. That is amazing. So they sort of do they shake the tree, or how do they get the olive from the tree? They have twenty three machines that drive through the olive trees like a car wash with a big whirl, and they whirl around, and all the olives come out into their bay, and then it gets spat into an accompanying truck. Right. And they've got 23 of these machines at a million a pop. I was going to say, they look expensive. A million Mach- bucks a pop. Well, you and I, I should probably say this yep. for the Kubota farming segment, but you yep. and I are great machine men. So yes. So that, that fascinated me because there was a lot of the influencers. You know, you know of, what I'd love to do? A lot of foodies from Sydney. That, right. They're off doing their Insta photos. I was in the machine right. shed. You were invited because you were considered to be an influencer for a demographic out there in the marketplace. No. Okay. The question is, no, which... <laughs> Which dem- no, that's not why I was <laughs> Which demographic do you represent? Farmers. <laughs> right, okay. And Cobram's not far okay. from Kyabram. Okay, so how are you now going to, apart from talking on this podcast about Cobram mm-hmm. Estate, Oliver? I don't have to talk about it. That wasn't part of you the don't, deal. You, you, you weren't it wasn't paid. a quid pro quo. You're not, an, you're not a paid ambassador, not, are you? Well, not official. Okay. You, I, I, I call me, myself an unofficial ambassador. Right. You, you, you went along... This is what I'm a little bit more interested in. Yeah. As much as I'm interested in the olive oil, and you know how much I'm interested in cooking and olive oil and stuff like well, that. Well, you've got enough bottles. Your plane trip, which I didn't get invited on, and I'm not 
I'm not worried about that because well, I, would have, I would have declined the invitation. You were, and the boys from Cobram picked up on it because they listen religiously to our breakfast radio show and the podcast. Brent? Brent does, yeah. G'day, Brent. Next time so I'd Rob. love to be there, but I will drive up because you know I don't like to go on small planes. Oh, and I anyway, I don't like to go together, out. I think they're putting together a package for you. <laughs> if you get more olive oil than me, if you get more olive oil sent to you than I was able to stuff into my bag on the way back, I will be very, very filthy. Because this is what I'm most interested in, right? On mm. the plane, right? Mm. So there's Rui, Nick Revolt. Yes. Private plane. A private plane. Eric Banner, actor. Eka. Gary Lyon, yes, Dylan Buckley, young influencer of the younger generation, and Fev. They're the five. FM sort of, Fev, yes, I call him. FM Fev. Okay, they're the five superstars, right? Now, oh, well, not, when not everyone was when you throw everybody together and you're on the plane, yeah, and I'm thinking probably forty five minutes on the plane, yeah, fifty five. Okay, fifty five minutes on the plane. The conversation. Mm. Who dominated the conversation? No one dominated. And who picked the topics of conversation? No, I wouldn't say anyone dominated. Everyone had their their share of storytelling. Right. Some more interesting than others. Right. Okay. So let's just start there, though. Where? Who started the storytelling? Well, Nick's manager was there as well, and he threw something. No, she, in, she, she. Right. She threw something out there, did she? Yeah, just a. And then, like, okay, here's a pickup. Okay, a, let's a start soft talking line, about this line ball heart uh, conversation starter. Right. And did you think it was heading in the right direction? Because you got this great ability, if you don't think it's heading in the right direction, to take it in another direction that's going to interest you. Did you do that? No, because I was tired. I'd been well, on the radio right. all morning okay. and I got, we were out to the airport and it took off and the sun was coming in through the windows right. and it was warm and I had the big cosy, I had the Moncler on just to keep myself nice and <laughs> the nice, nice and cosy. How much did that cost you, that one? <laughs> seven, Two and a half? 700. <laughs> US. Nice and cosy. <laughs> so I snuggled into the Moncler right. and I thought I might just get a couple of kips. I, uh, and, but after 20 minutes, I needed an injection. And? So I jumped in with a couple Okay, of, you didn't ask Eric to do his chop-chop. No, I didn't ask. Right? Didn't Did anyone? No, I don't think. Did anyone ask him about- they steer well clear about, what a nice fella he is. No, he's a ripper bloke. He's a ripper bloke. He's an absolute jet. I used to see him all the time at Channel 7 when they were doing the comedy show, because that was all, that came out of oh, Dorcas Street. No, we're not mates. No, I wouldn't oh, say so that. Oh, so you're not mates. No. Well, why did you throw that in? Because I used to I, see him all the time. I used to see him all the time and he was always friendly and he was a nice But fellow. you're not okay. mates. No, we're not mates. We didn't get to that mate stage because I reser- I've got a very, as we discovered last week, a very tight little crew of people that I describe as mates. It's yeah. a very small, well, no, elite group. It yes, is. that's right. But Eric, um, I couldn't have helped myself asking him a couple of questions because I know that he was in a film with Ricky Gervais, and you and I love Ricky Gervais. Oh. We love Ricky Gervais, right? I would have had to have asked him a question about working yeah. with him. Did anybody get to that point yep. during the plane that's, ride? That's funny you asked that. We did because the boys were just talking about their favourite, I don't know how it came up, their Ricky Gervais stories about how he hosted the Golden Globe and Golden Globes or the Emmys or whatever. Yeah, did. the Golden Globes. And he brought up Jeffrey Epstein's name and the crowd oh, sort of yes. went, oh, you know, this murmur went through the crowd and instead of him backing away, he just said, don't carry, and he pointed him out, you're his mate, I know, you used to go to his joint, you, tra-, and they all just, and then, so everyone's sharing their best Ricky Gervais story yep. and then I'm looking at Eric, I'm thinking, Probably knows him. Yeah. So I said, and then he goes, yeah, we did a, we did a movie together. They were in a film together. Yeah, he went to describe the film. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? It's a, you're the movie buff. No, right? I haven't. I haven't seen the film, what was but it I've read. Again? I've read about the film um, about companion. They sort of they end up being these pseudo war correspondents. That's right. They're doing yeah. it they, as it was described to me. They're doing a 
radio show in the back of a shop, like in a little mm. studio, and they made out that they were in a war-torn Ecuador or somewhere. Yeah. And, and in the end, it, they became, they were the only two Western people in the world that were still behind enemy lines, and they said they got that big on them that they didn't have to go and smuggle themselves into Ecuador mm. so they could smuggle yeah. themselves out. <laughs> Like that's good, the movie. That's the plot. Like a good movie. <laughs> that's the plot. That's the plot. So you go away and watch it now. But you know, everyone wants to know what's he really like. Did Ricky. you did you ask that stupid question? What's he really like? Or did I Fev ask I that? Think, I think I asked it exactly like that. <laughs> 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 he reckons he's a genius. He said he's a great bloke and he's a genius. So um, he was a ripper. He's mm. a ripper. And Dylan Buckley's a ripper. If yep. you're not caught up with Dylan's stuff, he. Like he's in the podcast space way, way ahead of us. Like oh, yeah, he no, was he's... one of the originals to embrace it. He yep. does four, I think he said. Yeah. And, and a heap of other stuff as well. Yeah, and he's a he's a fine young man. New generation. A fine young man. And Played yeah. footy with the GWS Giants. He's going to the Giants today for a fast players reunion. Is he? <laughs> he reckons it's about three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Son of Jimmy. Son of Jimmy Buckley. Yeah, That's right. yeah exactly. Uh, so what about uh, Fev? What role know. did he play? I haven't seen Fev for a long time. He used to be a regular footy show uh, mm. person, of course, but he was telling me he's just signed because he's on Breakfast FM Radio with uh, Fox. Did he do the old pressure point, pressure point, pressure point? No, no, he's no. left that. Has he That's left like that? asking okay. Chopper to do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, asking thought, Eric to do his Chopper. I thought you might have asked him to do it at some stage. He was telling me he signed a new deal mm. with his radio show, and when he completes that, he will have done Breakfast Radio for longer than he played footy. That is amazing. Mm. That's a good. That's a good career. Yeah, that is. Radio. That's a fine career. That's a different market. They're doing different. I was talking right. to him about some of the stuff they're doing. And mm. oh boy, did you pecking order? Where did he sit? He was down the back. No, no. In terms of you know when the conversation started to really oh, heat no. up, he was a bit like me. I was because the planes sort of face each other. Yeah, you had the seats down the side. Yeah, he would he would half doze off because he'd right. also been up early and then come back. But you know, he's a, he's a funny fella. What but, about Rui? Rui was holding court. It was his show. He's the, he is the Cobram Estate Ambassador. Right. He's the official. I'm right. the unofficial. He's the official ambassador. He took the Jackson role. Uh, yeah. And he runs the whole show. And what you would have loved was, I sent you the picture, mm. was the food. Oh, looked magnificent. It was a four, I was talking to Brent. He said that the chef from Montelto Winery. Mm. They sent, flew him up there. Yeah, for three weeks. They said to Brent, I need this uh, ribeye or something, a four, like a four kilo ribeye. He said, right. there's one in Shepparton. Can you get it for me? He goes, what? He had to drive three hours to Shepparton to pick the meat up. Right. Mm, oh, it was magnificent. It, it, it looked absolutely yeah. magnificent. In that, the, the, the spread, oh, as we like to the say. pork ragu <laughs> and, a, and a Murray cod, this Murray cod oh. that they infused with oil and, oh, I tell you what. I love a Murray this is, That's why I kept thinking of you. I kept saying, mm. oh, if only the wisp was here, but he didn't get invited. <laughs> that was always our good Friday. Mum used to make uh, cob with a white uh, sauce. Murray uh, cod? Yeah, a cod. Yeah, Murray cod, yeah. A Murray cod with a white sauce, oh. which was because you couldn't pretty, eat meat on Good pretty Friday. Pretty uh, No, not back in the day. It wouldn't have been. Oh, we wouldn't have been having it if it had been exy. Um, just, just to, because we are down this rabbit hole and I know there were people who were influencers and celebrities. You you said C grade celebrities. I didn't say C grade. I must have said C. I didn't know most of them. That's what I'm saying though. They were C grade because you didn't know them. Well, they might've been A grade. I didn't know them. Okay. They got flown in from, uh, Sydney. Sydney. Two hour flight. Okay. Was there a general banter between the Melbourne crew and the Sydney crew? Good, um, Good banter. Good. Well, not banter. No. No. I I think that's going to be. Did they separate themselves from the pack? Because 
Sometimes they were like, I have found they were when, like I've been, the, when I've been in mixed company with people from they Sydney. They were like the Western crew of the Chimp Empire. Now you're talking about Chimp Empire. <laughs> it's exactly what they were. They swung into town, but you and them didn't necessarily no, have a lot I in don't, common. I don't want to give the impression that there was any angst. There was a very, no, 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 very not, not angst. civil. But, but chemistry. What about chemistry? Well, the Melbourne – oh, there we go. The Melbourne crew mm. were very – Outgoing, gregarious. Yeah, bounced off the plane, right? Jumped over, and and the Sydney crew were a bit more reserved, right? Yeah, you know, they we were dressed for the occasion, right? They were dressed for you know, a really fancy occasion, right? Okay, because I don't know that I watched that Bachelor show with that guy. Oh no, he was nice, Tim. Tim Robards. Tim, yeah, he was nice. Yeah, but he looked to me, he would be- Gorgeous looking man. Very nice looking bloke. Very good looking And man. he was a male model and he always sort of was stripped down and had the- ab- well, And he wasn't stripped down. No, no, but he would have been a finicky, I would have reckoned he'd be very particular about what he ate. Well, he's up the other end of it. I think they A put, finicky eater, right? I think. think they put us down one end. All the, those that were going to gorge <laughs> yeah, themselves. and we stuffed them, they put the food down <laughs> and it was in, <laughs> gone. <laughs> and then they said, you want more? We said, you want more? <laughs> Is it, what we needed to do was to flip the table around because they were just picking at their stuff. <laughs> we were eating with our hands down our end. I heard you got. I heard you got Eric really angry. He turned into the Hulk and he <laughs> and he lifted the table up at one end and it all slid down into you, Jackson's mouth. Is that right? No, no, but it was great. And you don't want to make Eric angry. You know that. Don't no, you? I do not. He, um, no, he's great. Uh, the thing about the plane is what I wanted to talk about. Right. Yes. When we Get to this. We don't even know what I'm going to say. I do. <laughs> what be- is it? What because I, I had heart palpitations yesterday. Oh, no. About the crash. Yeah. No, that's, that wasn't what I was talking about. There was a mm. there was a Essendon airport we came back into and we arrived at four o'clock and mm. at five to four it came across the seven newsroom that there was an accident at Essendon airport. Mm. There did. And- Wild that is true. This is that, absolutely that is, true. That is because true. as we're coming in, well, I looked out the window and I said, "Look at all! There's a six fire trucks. There was ambulances. There were police. Everything was. We didn't know what was going on, but we clearly, you know, we could see it all." And then I get a message from you. Well, in my office, right, all I could hear was one of the senior producers say, "Crash, airline crash at Essendon Airport." Now mm. I knew that you were flying back. I didn't know exactly what time, and I said, "I rushed in there," <laughs> and I said, "Look." Okay. You're not going to believe this. Did you rush in? I rushed. Honestly, I had, I had, as I said to you, this is when I realised for the yes. first time in my life my deep affection yes. for you because oh, good. you don't know what you've got until you've lost no. it. No. And, yeah. and, and you I thought, thought? I thought I'd lost you. Fleetingly? Fleetingly. I thought, and I said, <laughs> look, I don't want to, I don't want to scare anyone, but I, I think I might know somebody on the plane. Did they, I jumped to that conclusion. Did, the so simp- did, they, did they show genuine straight away, sympathy? Well, straight away they said, who? <laughs> what did they do? And I said, not, not, oh, Tim, no, this is awful. They said, who? Who? And I said, uh, Gary Lyon. I said, not only Gary Lyon. I said, Nick Revolt's on that flight. Dylan Buckley's on that flight. Fev's on that flight. And at that stage, they said, well, still sounds like an LBO. <laughs> It may be. Thought you would have come up with something new. <laughs> it may be a fourth break story. And I said, "Well, look, Eric Banner. <laughs> wow, how many crews can we send out there? <laughs> you've done that. You've ramped this up a bit. This story <laughs> since you first told it. it was, look, the the bottom line is, you're okay. You're here, 
and nobody was injured. It was a young pilot. The plane he did. He flipped. flipped his plane. Yeah, I know, but he, he wasn't injured. He walked yeah. away from the whole thing. So, well, at least but got... that's so true. You know, you don't really know how deeply you feel about no. somebody until that moment. And I did think, in all honesty, hand on heart, I did think, you, oh no, you think... that Gary's in that. Plane. No. He's in that plane. What you thought was you text me and said, Have you landed? And I go, Yeah, just landed. And you go, You couldn't get some vision of that crash <laughs> incident for Channel 7 News, could you? That was, <laughs> Gary, that was <laughs> after I, I knew you were okay. <laughs> that was your mate, the file producer, who said, Look, that'd be bad luck if he's in that plane. But if he's not, he couldn't get a phone out and, and take some vision. What about your response? I've just sold it to Channel 9 for 25000 Can you Can you do better than that? I've got a still here for ten. But the, but, but the movie vision, I've just sold for twenty five. dollars would have been first to news if you had taken my vision. A little quick one on the private planes before we move on. Okay. When we were at Triple M and then, you know, towards the end of it, we'd – Friday night footy in Adelaide, you used to have to go to footy, you know, and fly in and you had to stay because the airspace got closed down yep. in Adelaide. So you couldn't get out that night. And that was always and it's just a nightmare because you had to stay, get up early, yep. come back to Melbourne and then do a whole another six yep. or seven hours of footy, right? So in the end, I don't know how they convinced Triple M to fly us in a plane like that. And that way we could get in and get out before the airspace was closed. Close, right. So we're sitting... And we we were dead set wankers, like mm. we thought we were entourage, and we got a lot of you know <laughs> we spoke about it for the first hour of the footy. Anyway, I'm sure the rest of the boxers, AW, and everyone else thought we were wankers, which we kind of liked. Halfway through the last quarter, we'd call the game and we get this knock on the door, and I, I'm, I turn around. There's Hutto, Anthony Hudson, <laughs> who's calling with AW. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse you. And then I took we my headset off. I go. Um, What's up? Yeah, what's up? Like there's a fair bit of angst between AW and Triple M at the time, as Brooksy wouldn't. And then he goes, "Oh, e bikes flying back uh, tonight on that plane." And look, everyone's back went up and said, "Yeah, of course we are. Yeah, <laughs> what, what of it?" He goes, "You haven't got a spare seat, have you?" <laughs> like a little dicky seat. Oh, We're going. Hang on a minute. We're at war. This is back in the radio <laughs> days when there was genuine angst and hostility. Oh, yeah, probably room. He goes, yeah, because Eloise has just gone into labour. <laughs> she's just about to have a baby. Or she was, or she had a baby, or she was just about to have a baby. And he, he flew the gauntlet and thought he'd get back in time, but clearly wasn't going. Oh, no. So we said, oh, yeah, God, of course you can. Quick, jump in. So we flew him back. Do you have a little diggy seat for him or not? He chucked him in the back with all the bags, just threw him down there. <laughs> did you talk Don't to him? Don't make any noise, Hutto, down there. Did you talk to him or did you? was he like Gus from uh, Chimp Empire? Did he go off on no, his own like a little loner? No one, no one grooming him down the back of the <laughs> of these of his floor. Can you just uh, just on the Gus thing? Because some people may not know what the reference is in uh, relation to, but there is this great show that you pointed me in the direction of. Yeah, which I've never is, seen you so enamoured with a show. with a chimp empire, but it is so um. I as I've said to you, I can't believe how they were able to gather all that footage, right? Because yeah. it looks like there's tracking shots. You know, mm. a tracking shot is, you know, when something's on a dolly, you know, mm-hmm. is it a dolly or, you know, yeah. like on... Yeah, well, that, our audience won't know. No, but you run, like, you run a camera on yeah, wheels on track, and yep. you follow something, right? It's a tracking shot, right? It looks like there's tracking shots and I'm thinking, how the hell have they filmed this? Mm. But having said that, it is so... When you watch apes in their natural environment, we are so much... <laughs> We are so much like them, aren't we? Absolutely And no the question. way that they can express themselves with a look mm. 
of suspicion, affection, affection, uh, bewilderment, anger, anger, hatred, worry. Suspi- did you say suspicion? I haven't, but I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is this, this, this show is about the societal um, hierarchy. The hierarchy, yeah. Which is, in its rawest form, is, is how we operate. It's, and you, 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 you summed it up so beautifully this morning when they found um, some food. Hmm. I won't go into the details. It's a bit gory about what it was that they were eating. But uh, the Grand Poobah, Jackson, who's in charge of everyone. The Alpha. Yeah, Alpha. And how he decided to divvy it yeah, up. That's uh, right. So he had, had, had the food in his hand and then all the people gather around him. So yeah. he starts eating it himself because no one dares touch his, his food. And then he, it, it was up to him to disseminate the food. So he looked around and he, he had his allies, mm-hmm. the blokes that had his back. So he gave them a bit of a chomp. Yep. And then he looked around a couple of other sort of hanger honorers that are just sort of sitting there with their hands out. You know, yep. they they mm. nervously put their mm. paw, their big mitt out, and he goes, oh, you can have some. Mm. You, I, oh, may, I may need you down the track. What have you got to offer? Mm. Oh, you're pretty big. You might get bigger. Yep, you can have some. And then he turns around, there's these two big. Abrams. Yeah, Abrams and his mate. And Miles. And he, looked, he looked at them and he went, no. And just turned his back, <laughs> he turned his back on them. And they, because they were the two who were going to challenge him. And he just said, well, no, why would I feed you? And then those two, you know what they did? What? Once he turned his back on him, they went, you prick. And they just walked off and gone and went and sat in the tree on their own with their arms crossed going, right, and started plotting his downfall. And that's how it all works. And Gus, poor old Gus the loner wanted a friend. And so he thought- He was, I- he was an orphan. He was an orphan. Was he? Yeah. So he had no, like, no, he had no family. He had no, so no right. one. Are you sure that was Gus? That wasn't, anyway. But, doesn't matter. No one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who watches and correct us. But Gus, the grooming part of it is that, you know, that's how they communicate. So you sort of groom each other that's and right. you go for the ticks and the nits and all that sort of stuff. You mm-hmm. go through the fur and, yep. you know, they sit around and, 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 and they only do that. But Gus wanted a friend and he thought that he may become an ally of Abrams, yeah. right? Because he hadn't really connected with the other group. Well, Jackson thought, didn't okay, want to have a bar of him. Jackson didn't want to have a bar of him. Okay, so he sort of just sidles up to Abrams yep. and he goes into his fur and starts pulling nicks and yeah. ticks. And Abrams, Abrams is quite happy to sit there and have happy, a little, Very happy to get a, a and nick you think, And you, <laughs> you think <laughs> that may be where it came from. And you think he's happy and that, okay, he's won him over. Yep. And so he finishes his grooming. Yep. Abrams stands up. He just stands as a up. Stretch and walks Scratches away. Scratches his nary back. Walks off. <laughs> Poor old Gus. You know what? It and almost, the look on it Gus. Almost, is, uh, it almost brought me to tears because the camera work was just impeccable. Was they moved in on a. They moved in on a C a CU, which is a close up. They moved in on a a CU and got. And captured his face despondent. and the forlorn, despondent, despondent, sad, disappointed look on his face. So what we might do, now mm. that we've alerted you via our- Not today. Radio show and via our- uh, Potty. Potty, mm. is we may next week mm. introduce the the AFL media empire. Okay, and so our, as, if, as if we're watching Chimp Empire, yeah. now we're watching the AFL media yeah. So <laughs> there's, bo- there's cameras okay. in the media boxes, there's right. cameras at the ground, yep. there's cameras back in their studio, yep. and then we can maybe 
get some key players. Yep. Are you familiar with the country's defamation laws at this stage <laughs> or not? Well, we, we'll talk hypothetical. <laughs> so, well, we'll have the law. I'll tell you what we'll do mm-hmm. so that we don't get in trouble and we don't go down the wrong rabbit hole next week. We'll get a team of lawyers to sit in here with us while we're, while we're airing the program yep. and they can be grooming you at the same time. <laughs> You're listening to The Rabbit Hole for Tyre Power. Get your free five-minute tyre safety check. I love tyre power so much. I now, can you remember we used to talk about cricket bats? I used to talk about cricket bats. I could go into a Mm. sports store and just pick up cricket bats and play with them for an hour. I do that tyre power now. Do you? Yep. You just go in there. Go and see Ian. What, and just Just bounce some tyres around? Kick the tyres. Kick the tyres. Have a look at them. On that subject of tyres, mm. you know, I don't know whether you have this tyre sensitivity thing on your car, do you? Yes. It's amazing though now because it drives you insane. The tyre and the placement of your tyre and the pressure and all that sort of stuff is so sensitive mm. that if you drive over a little bump or whatever, mm. the next thing you know, up on the screen will come this tyre alert, mm. you know, that you've got to pull over. Don't go. And there's nothing wrong with your tyres. Well, go and see Ian. Well, no, but I'm not going to be driving up to see Ian every time it comes on. It, it happens. How often does it come on? All the no, time. It's a faulty and connection. I stopped. I, no, I st- I said this to um, old mate when he serviced the car last time. That's I good. said, "Does this happen to everyone?" He said, "It is happening to everybody." Yeah, but as you, soon as you go over a little bump, you hit a curb or whatever, all of a sudden your car starts talking to you. You've had a lot of problems and telling with it, you there's with because you bought it off some bloke. <laughs> A little dodgy. No, yes, you did. No, I said to you it had a lot of K's yes, on it. and I told you not to buy it. And I did, and there's nothing wrong, although the water pump went. So that's a water pump, the tyre, the tyre um, sensor. No, no, no. But uh, Pete, uh, who is the mechanic, he gave it the once-over on the last service. And you know what he said? He said- You've been sold a pup. No, he said, this car has done a lot of highway cars. And I said, yes. He See? said, it is as clean an engine no, as Everyone says that. No, this is what Pete said. Not you, said, you not everybody. Everyone he says said, that. Well, have I been taken for a ride, have I? Well, it sounds like it to me. He and said, then you had to buy the extra well, warranty. Is. You had to buy the extra long I warranty did. as well. Yeah, I did that. But yeah, I got so I got you might as well bought a new one. No. Because I got a good deal on the car, and when I spoke to old mate Bill, who's my car advisor. Well, how many car people have you got? <laughs> you got your taxi driver? <laughs> oh, bullshit. Bill's on the payroll. I pay him a monthly fee just to keep his eye open and out there on any deal that may be coming across <laughs> like, his desk. <laughs> anyway, the point about this is if you buy a diesel car, according to Pete the Mechanic, who's been a mechanic with diesel cars all his life. I've got a diesel. Go with a, if you're going to buy one though, that's second hand. Oh, I wouldn't. Go with one that's done a lot of Ks and they're long highway Ks because How do you that's know what the engine case? wants. How do they know it's highway Ks? Well, you ask the previous owner. Oh, yeah, because he'll tell you. Has it been off road? Not once. No. Okay, so when the, pre- drags it out of when the, the previous owner said that he did a milk run from Melbourne all the way up to Newcastle yeah. once a week, yeah. and that's why the K's were so heavy on the car. What do you well, you reckon he just made it up to you? What, he's taking milk up there? No, it's just a milk run. It's like a saying. Like he was doing stuff. He had like a distribution. Well, the milk, milk run usually means a, you've got a little something. <laughs> Hang on. What's, the, what's, what's a little something mean? It means you're going on the milk run. Just go and drop in. What, like the Sam, like Sam, the milkman? Sam Newman used to tell us <laughs> that he had the Devon uh, Delver uh, hair 
products, and him and, him, him <laughs> him and Doug Wade used to go on a milk run up through the Western Districts. <laughs> Selling shampoo. In fact, I, you know I love him more than maybe maybe even you. The, the story about him and Doug oh, okay. selling their business could be that is my all-time favourite. That's my all-time favourite story. How about we get him on one day? Because oh, well, then he then he want us to go on his podcast, and, and we don't want to do that. But well, well, he would come. He would come on our pod, would he not? Given how tight you and he are, and just tell that story. It is the funniest story. It's got a half hour in it, hasn't it? I was thinking about. I was actually going to ask him to come on about Kakoda when we went to talk. <laughs> That's got three hours. <laughs> Because, oh, uh, of course, you and he and everybody worked together for a number of years on Channel 9. And you also did, I was thinking about this the other day, you also did a thing, did you not, uh, Big Brother or Big Bill's House or something? Did you have a thing called Big Bill's House? We've been asking people to send send in suggestions of a, of a hole we should go down. Mm. Uh, different. Oh, somebody re- sent this in. Yeah, and someone asked this oh. very question, would you go down the Big Bill's rabbit hole, which right. was our version of Big Brother? The footy show was, yeah. So Bill played Bill played the role of Big Brother, whoever you know that voice is, and they set up a whole room at Channel Nine, right, with beds, right, and a kitchen and a lounge room, and then we had to go in. Bill, so like sorry, ch- chimp empire type camera setup as yeah, well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameras everywhere. Cameras everywhere. So Sam and Sam and Shane Crawford and I had to spend the night. In the Big Brother, in the Big Bill House. How did they convince you to do this? I don't know. And then, so it was Croft. Croft loved this stuff, right? So he goes, yeah, no, it'll be funny, you know, and because Sam won't be able to, he got low tolerance. and He wouldn't have wanted to be there. So we went in there on a Sunday at about three in the afternoon, and the idea was you had to get through dinner, through the night, and then they'd let us out the next day and then film it all the way through. Well, yeah, okay, okay. So I go in, mm. I get, I take my book in because I'm, I'm a reader. Yep. They shut the door and go, right, we're starting now. So I go, okay. So we were all there and Sam's just sitting around. Mm. You know, and I lay down on the bed to read my book and then it starts. So Bill's voice comes through the, you know, it says, Big Bill, you've got to do this. And he said all these tasks. And there was a toilet in there. In the, right. <laughs> after 40 minutes, like, even I wanted to kill Shane. Right. It's just annoying everyone, right? So... He goes into the toilet and Sam said, no, I've had enough of this prick. So he locks him. He just locked, right. the, locked the door and wrapped, and then and then all you heard was Shane shaking the toilet, one of those portable toilets, let me out, let me out. And Bill's, Sam's going, nah, you're not getting out. And then for the next half an hour, you just saw this, like an arm emerge from out of the toilet, like just open the crack of the door and then he... And so for the television for 40 minutes, we just sat watching Shane Crawford try and crawl out of the <laughs> <laughs> I never laughed so hard in my life. And then anyway, so I kept going, all this different stuff. Hang on, going. can I just ask a question about Sam? Because I know he's got aversions to certain things. Yeah, all of that Did, was played on. Okay. So right. he hates fruit. He so hates fruit. yeah, the fruit platter was boring. And smells. Yes, yeah. And would go off his head if someone farted. Right. So, so of course, all Shane did spend his whole time trying to fart. What, pull my finger, pull my finger? Yeah, and he, he would, and then, you know, Shane, please, Shane. And then Shane would think that's funny. And then... Cause just, so just on that point, just on that point, you know when, Sam, you know, you know when you nominated us to go up to Dimball to do that oh, sporty, yes, yes. which you couldn't make. Yeah, I couldn't. But Sam drove, 
Mike Shearn, Alec <laughs> Epperson, myself, yeah. <laughs> before we hopped in the car. Yeah. Now the rules are mm-hmm. yep. no farting. Yes, that's right. That was the number one rule. And if you ever go on his boat, now there's a toilet, yeah. and if you need to have an ablution, I think he calls it, then please. But there's a brush there for a reason. <laughs> he, like he, anyone that went to that toilet <laughs> and didn't perform a clean, go he would lose it. <laughs> Anyway, he's going nuts, and I'm I'm laughing, but getting sick of it all. And, and it was getting later into the night, and then they knew that they all love Warwick Kappa, and I di- I did not like him, but I didn't. I thought he was more probably on the annoying side than the funny side. So right. they, and then <laughs> then this this happens. Ask Big Bill where the milk is. Where's the milk, Big Bill? This is Big some, Bill. Some toast here, Gary. The milkman has arrived. Please welcome no, it's not. to no, the it's Big not. Bill House. What? The Wiz Warwick Kappa. <laughs> the Wiz. Well, Bill, it was Warwick Kappa. You beauty. What have you done to your face? You had a little touch-up. You have, haven't you? Bit of brown rouge. I'm a bit like Sam. I've had that much plastic surgery. When I cry, the tears run down my back. <laughs> So he launches into his full routine. <laughs> is that his sporty stuff? Does it? all his sporty stuff. And he, yeah, I'm gonna, the other one was, I don't know if we got this one, but he goes, the other one was, yeah, I'm, um, I'm starting a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling it Cappuccino. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just, Were you loving this stuff? Right. Uh, I, I just, in the end, I said to, Big Bill, I'm a microphone. I went to the toilet. I said, mate, if you don't get Warwick out, then that's it. I'm done. So Hang just- on, we got that. Gary, to the diary room, please. The only way to get rid of the whiz is for you, Gary, to replace him. You must dress up as Warwick for the next 30 minutes. Not 30, mate. 30 minutes, and Warwick will leave the house. You can save the house, Gary. All right, you're the I'm not sitting another 30 minutes. I'll do it for 10 and then. Look at the pictures up. <laughs> I'm not looking, oh, just listening that to that. funny. That is So that's funny. how we got rid of Warwick. I had to dress up in his full outfit with a wig and pretend I was Warwick Kappa for 15 minutes to get rid of him. You know when you said that, uh, I'll do it for 10. Like that's that's as serious and that is you. That is absolutely 100% Tim, no it, acting, no plying around about there. about 11.30 at night. We had enough of the whole concept. <laughs> He's driving us crazy and he says 30 minutes. I said, no, mate. When I'm on the 10 minutes and he's out. Did you spend the night in the house or yeah. in the room? We you got, did. They let us out about six o'clock in the morning. And you imagine what was happening at night. The lights would go out. Okay, I'm trying to remember what we did. But anyway, we did a couple of those. And uh, the, Sam and the Sam and Shane chemistry. Was, the dynamic. The dynamic was, you can't sort of manufacture that. Because Shane is a natural pest and Sam had a natural yep. Intolerance for yeah. pests. Yeah. So you threw them together and away they went. On the subject of Sam, is it possible? I know that you did this great trip over to America 
and he kept a diary of that trip. And I know that every now and then you catch up and he brings his diary along and he reads you parts or you read parts of it. Would it be possible or would it be would we be able to organise Sam mm. to come on and read parts? No, of it? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Why? <laughs> it was my forty. Where did you go? Vegas. Okay, so you went to Vegas and then you went to New York though, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Who was that touring party? James? James, Bill, Tim Cleary, Craig Kelly, Hutchie? me, Hutchie met us over there. And Sam. And Sam. Right. Yeah. And, and he that, kept, he, 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 he doesn't drink, does he? Oh, no, back then he did. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was the non-drinky no, day. back then he did. But he documented everything. Everything. So yeah. we got on the, by the time we got on the plane, mm. we turned up at the airport, right? Mm. And he, he rolled in, <laughs> like we were going for, I don't know, two weeks. He rolled into the, because uh, well, at that stage we had a little deal going with Qantas. Of course right? you did. Yeah, which was. Yeah. For footy show, had a deal with Qantas, mm. and we used to do stuff for them, and they'd reciprocate with a good flight. Mm. So we go to the very. Be fair to say, you blokes got a good deal. Oh no, we gave yeah. them a lot of love yeah. too. We went to the nice part of the Qantas lounge, and we got our baggies. He turns up with a roll-on, a carry-on, a black, um, like long duffel coat below his knees, and socks and shoes. And a roll-on, right? Shorts uh, or? No, no, I couldn't see because he had it all oh, buttoned right. up. I'm going, where's your stuff? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, here's my stuff in in a little roll. I said, for two weeks? He goes, that's right, two weeks. I said, "What do you? Wh- what's in there? He goes, well, I've got some underwear. I've got a change of shirt. <laughs> I've got some trousers and my <laughs> toiletries. <laughs> and and he goes, okay, what do you got under your coat? And he opens it. He, goes, <laughs> he had a shirt. Navy blue shorts and long socks pulled up to his knees. I said, what are you doing? It's like minus three over there. He said, well, that's okay. He said, I'll be in the car. I'll get out of the car. I'll get into the hotel. I won't. And that, and that is how he right. Anyway, we sat down and we just said we had a, like it was, you imagine, it was just funny from the minute. But after each night or each occasion, he would then sit in his room recovering and write down what had happened. And then... When I got back, when I got back to Melbourne, his present to me for my 40th, yeah. he just went, here, here's a, like a photo album. And I opened it and there's all the photos from the trip with his Commentary. diary written next to it. From the start to the finish, every single thing documented in his own, you know, the way he writes mm. and talks. Mm. By Godfather. So yeah. have you got this now? Yeah, 100% I have. <laughs> Under lock and key. It is unbelievable. Could I, could I ever get a little nah, sly? probably not. <laughs> not a little sly read? Well, actually, there is two versions, I think. Right. I think there is two versions. I've heard of it. Yeah, I know. Everyone's heard of it. <laughs> the, the, the one version and the other version. It, it was like Carl Bernstein. You ever remember him? Yeah, yeah. He was in front of us on the plane, right, going to Vegas. Me and Jim and- We brought down a government. Yeah. He brought down the president. And me and Jim and Sam are like in the seats around him mm. playing cards <laughs> while the lights are down. He's trying to sleep. <laughs> he complained to the air hostess about us making noise. That sent the floss off. Oh, Carl Bernstein. He's whinging. Is he? He's coming off his head. <laughs> Carl Bernstein. <laughs> we ran out of money, so we're playing cards with almonds. <laughs> 
Oh, it was funny. It was a 40th birthday to remember, Whispers. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. That's right, Tim and I are both uh, heavy into the farming and up heavy. at uh, Cobran Estate, they... Uh, they all, he, he makes all of his farmers and machine workers sit down and listen to this segment. Listen to the podcast each and every week. Well, not though. He won't make them go through the whole podcast. Right. But for the farming se- segment, it's compulsory for all Cobram Estate uh, workers to listen. Because right. we drop in just stuff that, you know, that we've experienced that can help other farmers. Right. And I would suggest anybody that's thinking of writing uh, a resume or writing uh, an application to work at Cobram to listen to this because yeah. I believe that's also one of the questions that he asks. Have you been listening to the farm segment <laughs> on the rabbit hole? And if they say yes, yes, tick, tick, you got a job there. Where are we going today for Kubota? Well, I just want to talk about it's that time of the year now where people, if you've got an open fire, you're oh, lighting your fire yeah. and the technique that you apply to oh, right. Not the chopping of the wood. Well, the chopping of the wood's one thing. We can do that next I got time. the wood chopped though. Once you get your wood chopped and you want to go and collect something and you want to start your fire. Mm-hmm. Are you a are you a fire builder, yeah. a placer, or just a thrower? I'm a crisscrosser. hundred percent. There you go. That yeah. is the best way to light a fire. So you build like a platform with your timber. You put your light stuff in the middle. Cross. Yeah. Do you, do you use newspaper or do you use fire like, lighter? Yeah, I like the old fashioned. No, way. fire lighter. No, I like to challenge well, myself. Wait, <laughs> wait. You use. I two, like to use. You wet. don't even use matches. You I use like two <laughs> sticks. Do you? Yes, I do. <laughs> I use wet wood. You don't I, use wet wood. I do. I soak it in water just so it's a bit of a challenge. So crisscross as in like a pattern. So two across and yeah, then, then, then you build it up. build it up. So you keep, as I've been taught, you keep a little bit of air on the inside of well, it. Of course you've got to have air. If you can't have five of that air. I'm not talking to you, an expert. I'm talking <laughs> to all those other nuffies out there that don't know how to light a fire. <laughs> and sorry, you, sorry, sorry. And yeah. in the collection of the wood, mm. this is one of the great things that I've imparted to my grandsons. Yep. Huxy, yep. Digsy, and Wolf, yes. they come They come wood collecting with me and they pick up a piece of, yeah, you know, like Kinley or a stick and they go, Papa, yep. too big. <laughs> they grab another one. Papa, too small. Oh, yes. And then they grab another one because they're very quick learners. They hold it up just, just right. right. That, that is, you've got your grandkids. I haven't got grandkids to do that, so I do that to Nikki. She says, Gary, <laughs> so too big. <laughs> Are you a grader of your wood before you light your fire? What? A grader. So yeah. I, well, I start, I always collect like the really, really small stuff, the oh. thin stuff to start the fire. No, I don't. And then the stick that's just a little bit bigger that no, you want to throw, I and then a little bit bigger, and then you go into the big that's stuff ridiculous. to get your raw. No, no. That's stupid. No, that's what you need to well, do. Not when There's you, your tip for the day. Not when you get- If you're going to walk away with anything from this podcast today, <laughs> what? there it is. You grade Bang. Do How know, many people do you reckon will be walking around a week's time quoting the wisp and how to make a fire? You got any idea? Yeah, everyone at Cobram. <laughs> Why? I, this is my fire story. When I bought the farm, when I call it the farm, the property. Well, it's a big property. When I didn't have the experience I have now, <laughs> I had a tractor and I had nothing to do with it. So I just kept picking up all the branches and trees that had fallen and made a big, massive pile, right? Yeah, yeah good idea, though. A bomb, and anyway. Yeah. After a while, because I was that keen to practice my tractoring uh, with the bucket, I had this massive bonfire, like huge. Yeah. 
And anyway, I'm sitting there one day, as the middle of the day. What time of the year, though? I reckon it would have been sort of coming out of summer into autumn, like past maybe March, April, something like that. No, but you're only allowed a lot of fire. Oh, okay, I didn't know that at the time, <laughs> did I? So we just sit there bored one day, and I said oh, to no. Nikki, I can see where this is going. Let's light that fire. <laughs> she goes, yeah, good idea. <laughs> so down we go. Why would you ask Nikki for advice about well, that? Was that even her? There's no one else there. You should have asked Kelvin. You so we go down to the paddock, right? And um, I put a bit of uh, petrol, petrol? Oh, of course around you the bottom. <laughs> just light a, a bit of uh, newspaper. And, and it dripped all the way back to you, did it? <laughs> threw it in and it just went, woof, like this, right? I thought, shit, that's taken pretty well. There go your eyebrows. Within, within this is you ask, next time you see Nikki, within mm. two minutes, we're going, we're going to burn down the Mornington Peninsula <laughs> National Park. Which way was the window? We're right next to the Mornington Peninsula National Park. And it's burnt, like it's gone nuts right. and starts burning around it and right. moving. Mm. I, go, I go, go and get a bucket. <laughs> he comes, we don't have a bucket. We're like half a saucepan. Come to the dam. I've got a shot glass I'm here. Picking up a saucepan of water and trying to put. I thought, shit, we're, gonna, we're in a mountain of trouble. For about 12 minutes, I'd say 12 yeah. minutes, it was the scariest time of my life. I At thought, what stage did you say to Nikki, give Whisper call, he'll know what to do? No. I, I went and got the tractor in the end. This is what I did in the end, right? I got the tractor and I just started shoveling dirt on it because I, I, I was that. Anyway, after about That's an, a wise thing to do. After an thing. hour, I had it under control. I looked at my tractor and all the, you know, <laughs> you know all the- um, It's all singed. Yeah. All the plastic parts have melted out. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the hydraulics, we've got all these Stars. casing around it. It's all, no longer. It's all melted. All exposed. Jeez, oh, not a good start to the old Garrity's farming career. <laughs> and the lesson learned? Um, the lesson learned is to have a fire safety plan mm. in place. And, maybe and it's not a saucepan of water on Something hand, bigger than a saucepan. <laughs> Quick fire rabbit holes for TJM. Handle anything with XGS premium suspension by TJM. Visit your local TJM store for a free quote today. Another blockbusting edition of the rabbit hole, but we've got a few holes that we haven't been down, Whispers. So you want to just have a little trot down one? Take okay. a little bunny tail down one? Just a random one. Mm -hmm. um, do you dress to impress? Well, it depends where, where I'm going. Yeah. When you went to the Cobram Olive Oil Estate, did yeah. you... Give any thought at all to who was going, who might be up there? On the invite. Is that why you put your Montclair on? On the invite, it said, uh, be aware it's a working farm, so mm. wear closed toe shoes, so no, they didn't want thongs of or, course. or whatever. And it would be a bit fresh. So I thought, mm, I need to dress country appropriate with some fashion style. Right. So what did you go with? I went with a boot. Like a R.M. Williams or a... Yeah, not an R.M. Williams, but a, a boot, a black pant, a Ralph shirt, so a little bit of country, but, you know, mm, for the Sydney yeah. influences. I'm, uh, I've got a bit more. I'm a big country estate type bloke. Yeah. And the Montclair. Montclair. Yeah, just to top it off. Did anyone notice the Montclair? I had a lot of... The people who noticed the Montclair are the ones that noticed the Montclair. Right. You know what I mean? And did you impress I could wear it in here. I don't think Brooksy would go, mm, it's not a bad jacket. I go, hey, Brooksy. 
It's the Moncler. I would love to be able to afford a Moncler. Mm. It's like maybe next week we'll talk about the Greg Lawrence. That's uh... oh yes, I'm writing that down now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down now. <laughs> Gary has a pair of Greg Lawrence, and he one off so yeah. Drags them out, I reckon. I might once, wear them next week. Once every year. I wear them next Wednesday. Once every for the year. Podcast. And it makes my day <laughs> when I see them or you draped in them. Hmm. Um, the, the number one draft pick in the NBA was awarded to San Antonio. Mm, Victor. Michael Jordan, who owns the Charlotte Hornets, mm. is getting set to sell them, apparently. I didn't, I didn't know this. And they were in the running for the number one draft pick as well because they must be pretty pox, are they? Yeah, not an, not an ordinary. They're, they're an, just an ordinary. Anyway, their yeah. balls went into the into the lottery because it's a, <laughs> it's a painful experience. <laughs> you, you, you know, in the NBA, you, you get a number of balls. I'd love to that, see that. Do they televise all this? I think they do. I'd love to see that. And anyway, it, they didn't get it. It went to San Antonio, and they reckon mm. the value of the Charlotte Hornets has gone down by $400 million no. as a result of them not getting the number one pick. Well, this number one pick is an extraordinary talent, like a freakish alien. Well, I think he was des- – I said the other day that he was described as a unicorn. I think it actually may have been an alien by LeBron James. Like he's just from another planet. Victor Winbanyama. Yep. In Where's he from? France. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like at that, he's 223 centimetres tall, okay? Yeah. So 223. I think Mason Cox is 211. So mm-hmm. he's that much taller than Mason Cox, but he can bounce the ball up the court like he's a point guard, like he's one of the smaller players that can control. He is an extraordinary, extraordinary talent. So you can build your whole franchise around him. I'm yeah. glad you brought up Mason Cox. Why is that? Describe Mason Cox to me as a footballer. Um, well, he's not a naturally gifted player, but uh, he's a player that's learned how to play the game mm-hmm. and is now applying his best assets to mm-hmm. the game. And um, it's an extraordinary story. It's one of the great footy stories. It's one of the great <laughs> AFL stories that somebody who came with a background that he did from the other side of the world, not playing AFL football, has then been able to adjust and play in this elite competition. I agree. You like his personality? Not his personality, his football personality. Well, he's different. You know, like, I, you know, it's not something that I would do. And you it's take not a, offense? I don't take offense. No, I don't. I don't. Does I don't fire take, you up when you watch him. He takes a mark over someone, he stares down at him and goes, it's got a couple of bit of that. Not like it does you. Well, when he kicks, which a, is what it, which when he kicks a goal me. and he looks and watches it and puts his hand on his hip and just points his gun and goes, have a look at me. Okay. How good am I going? Does it annoy you at all? <laughs> I said to, I said to a lot of people were impressed with Mason's performance. None more than him. <laughs> nah. You wanted to spit that out on your little show. I did, but I, I got there. I had to correct. I had to correct myself mm. because it was annoying me a bit. But then mm. I thought, no, nah, it's really, it's not annoying me because it's different and it's it works for him, and I admire him for right. doing that. For, I admire anyone that will swim against the current. Mm. Easy to drift down the current and you know, take the easy ride, but if you want to swim against it, you're going to cop a bit on the way through, and he does, and don't worry him. Do you think that I listened to this podcast, these people talking about this, like social science and stuff like that, and, and where we're headed as a race of people, do you think that the male and the female will morph into the one? They. Yeah, and in 
I'm being serious. They already have. Yeah, no, but in 100, 200 years' time, oh. this, is the evol- this is the next evolution of person. I won't mm. say man because we're talking about men and women, but this is the nev- ne- next evolution of us as human beings is there'll be one A mastodonite. Yes, that's it, yeah. No, I don't. You can't see that happening? No. Right. Okay. No, I can't. All right, end of conversation. Well, I don't know where to take there it. There you go. Gar- <laughs> Gary can't see it happening. I don't know where to take it. Do you think that the bodies are going to morph into one type? Yes. Do you? Yeah. How? Well, I've listened to these science people talk oh, about. Well, I haven't. So. Okay. Well, you're at a disadvantage. Oh. <laughs> I wish I hadn't gone down this hole. So do I. <laughs> well, there won't be one apparently. No, there'll be one hole still. <laughs> I've seen the prototype. Do you know that A one you talk about? <laughs> yes. We only, I made a I made a genuine mistake there. I just, always thought it was A one. This is the last rabbit hole. Right? Mm. We might have to flush it out. We might, in fact, we might get our first ever guest on to talk about A one. Okay, because if you can you, find somebody. So, in a nutshell, mm. the artificial world and artificial intelligence already. You know, if you're at school and you want to get an essay written, you've got that stuff where you can just type in, write an essay on Tim Watson for me. We don't need mm. to do it for school. Someone mm. will write it for you. Yeah, mm. all this stuff. They reckon that, you know, big corporations are sending out their press releases. They just get, yeah, you know, they don't have a PR person. Now they just yep. go, to, what's it called? <clears throat> it's called G uh, GPT. Yeah, whatever. GPT, yeah. <clears throat> I am genuinely, it's- if I was in your industry – Breaking news, mm. like Channel Seven mm. or you know the Herald Sun or the Age or the whatever, mm. I would be absolutely petrified right now. Yeah, and they should be because they're going, you're going to get had. Oh, someone's people, going to someone's people going over to the world will yeah. artificially put out mm. you know a picture of you or not even a picture or of fake you. recordings, your voice yeah. coming out of your mouth yep. even, yep. and the the rush to be first in this media mm. world. Tim Watson just uh, racially abused. Did you hear mm. Tim Watson? Bang, let's leave That's the news. Right. And right. then you go, um, yeah, Tim Watson's in Africa, actually. He's on holidays. He's yep. been for three weeks and hasn't said anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, I'll let you in on a little secret. Last weekend, you know, you did the commentary, the special comments for that game at uh, Marvel. Yeah. I listened to that one and then I listened back later to the <laughs> Garrity. <laughs> AI one, and I got. I preferred the Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you were much better. Well, that's a good when point. it wasn't you. Some people would say <laughs> if you could get someone to take my place tomorrow or Saturday for North and Sydney. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You'll be back next week. We'll right? have a look at that yeah. world next and see week. if we can we'll make some deeper. sense of it because uh, we've had a lot of fun on our Rabbit Hole podcast uh, today. Good on your whispers, and that's all thanks to Tire Power. The May Mega Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. This has been The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. Tune in to 1116 SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 to 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Let's not forget.